Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleep but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh? Yeah. Jesus said he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the church for five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you died for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This is deep. Huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you started trying to reach. Huh? But after him who was able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is this prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. That's always good, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 
always a blessing, man. So listen, we got a we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. I know you got a whole bunch of stuff going on, a whole bunch of new music. But you know, I like to kind of like start out, you know, with uh, with our guests to give a little background because you know there's a lot, a lot of artists out there. You know, we're gonna get to your accolades, of course, but there's a lot of artists out there, man, that's trying to do what you're doing, do what you have done, you know, doing what you're gonna do. So I like to kind of start out by asking some little basic, simple stuff, you know, and and give you the platform, man, so you can talk to the audience that you haven't talked to before. And then again, maybe you have. But uh, I like to ask, you know, where where you come from, man? And what I mean by that is, uh, were you playing music in school? Did your parents play music? Uh, You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, man, you know, honestly, it goes back... uh... Uh, a long way, dude. Um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I, I was kind of fortunate where um, I sort of grew up listening to a lot of records that my 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 folks were listening to. So whether it was uh, you know Pink Floyd or Dire Straits or you know any of that stuff, right? I mean, uh, sort of like the the big sort of. You know, rock bands and stuff. So so I was I was really lucky to sort of grow up in that sort of environment. And uh from the get go, man, it was uh it was you know, that sort of exposure was uh really sort of shaped uh my musical taste, so to speak, right? And uh um, you know when I when I heard uh you know as a kid, right? When I, when I heard the electric guitar and stuff, uh, to me, it was it was just such a fascinating instrument, right? And uh, and I, I was always like, wow, man, that's you know that that's the kind of stuff that I want to do, right? Um, and and so so I was really blown away by by some of that sort of you know early exposure to uh, to rock and roll and uh, and of course you know I mean even further back like uh, you know when your parents are sort of cranking up like. Uh, old Elvis records and uh, whatnot, right? And you're just like, wow, man, this is this is really awesome stuff. So, so yeah, you know, it it sort of goes back uh, back to when I was a kid, and uh, and you know, I've I've really sort of carried that musical taste with me right up to today, man. Um, when did uh, when when did so, you start playing? So that and that pretty much shapes the sound of this band as well. Uh, uh, in terms of what I grew up listening to as a kid and, and, and in my teenage years, and uh, so that it's never really shifted. Um, and uh, um, you know, I'm proudly old school, man. Proudly old school. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. So, what you what when when did you really start? Uh, I know you said you know that you was fascinated by the guitar, but you know what what age was that? If you don't mind saying, you know, because you know, some people start really, really early, and some people start later on. So, what what was the year that you got got you going? Ah, I guess I guess lost connection there for a minute, but uh, um, I'm sure he'll be uh, right oh, back. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, no worries. But anyway, uh, Izzy, I was asking, uh, what year did you, what, how old were, uh, when you started playing? 
Because, you know, a lot of artists, you know, they go from keyboards to guitar. Um, when was your first, when you first, I know you said you fell in love with it immediately, but when did you start falling in love with it seriously? So that should be the question. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I guess it was it was right around my my sort of teenage years where, uh, you know, when I got my first first guitar and stuff. And honestly, when I bought it, I didn't even know what it was, right? Um, I just wanted to have a guitar, and that's that's all I wanted to do. Uh, and it wasn't even a guitar; it was a bass, right? So, uh, so. Uh, but it, it just sort of set the pathway to uh, to what I'm doing now, which is uh, you know, uh, playing blues and rock. And uh, um, but then fast forward, it was um, around early 2000s when uh, um, you know living in uh, southern Ontario and uh, in Canada. And me and my really good buddy Finn, we sort of started this band together, and uh, and that was really the the sort of uh, gateway into ultimately deciding that we this is what we want to do, and this is what we want to do for a long, long time, right? So, so it's been it's been an interesting journey, yeah. Yeah, I you know I could tell you know and. <clears throat> So many, so many talented musicians out here. So you know, when you were coming up, you know, listening to various styles, um, what were some of your favorite groups? Oh man, uh, you know, when I was, a kid, I grew up really, really inspired by early, you know, old school Aerosmith records and uh, uh, Led Zeppelin and Rolling Stones and stuff, and that was sort of like our you know, bread and butter music right back then. Um, so yeah, those early sort of rock bands, uh, they, they, they pretty much inspired me. But you know, the cool thing was um, all those bands had one thing in common, um, which was the blues, right? So so when I was a kid, I sort of didn't realize that, right? Because you're young and naive and you think, all right, it's, it's all about, you know, this, uh, this sort of rock and roll vibe that these bands are, you know, playing. But ultimately, um, I, I think the beauty of these bands, and I think what really sort of attracted me to these bands was uh, was, was the blues. And uh, it's later on, now that, you know, sort of um, when I'm working on these records and stuff, um, blues has been such a massive influence. I mean, it's been an absolutely life-saving experience for me. So yeah, it's been awesome that way. Right. When you uh I know oh man. I know different artists have different uh different ways that they, you know, produce and uh, uh write their music. Uh do you seem to write yours more from uh, uh personal experiences? That was oh absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's it's the one thing that all our songs tend to have, and and the records that we put out, um, they're all based on human stories, man. Um, musically, yeah, it's all sort of based on blues and stuff, but lyrically, <clears throat> sorry, that's when um, when I really sort of get into to 
real human experiences and real human narratives, right? Where literally, I mean, some of the stuff that comes to to me is uh, is by just watching the news, for example, right? And what's going on around the world, um, which really is becoming crazy and crazier by the day. Um, so it really sort of feeds into uh, into the spirit that, that we want to sort of put out, right? We, you know, we're not about uh, sort of commercial, uh, you know, pop-oriented narratives or anything, right? We 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 want to have a story a story to tell. We want we want you know, I like my songs to have some degree of purpose to them, right? Um, some degree of <clears throat> relatedness where somebody listens to it. I mean, I, you know, honestly, uh, it's not about how many people like your stuff. It's just uh, I genuinely try where somebody's going to listen to it and say, wow, this is the story of my life, right? Um, and they they get inspired by it and they get um, um, they relate to it and it gets them through the day, right? Because I mean, it's you know, it's it's a it's a really difficult world out there right now, and we all need some degree of escapism on and off, right? So that is so true. In some shape or form, yeah, I I just think that you know, maybe someone out there is going to listen to this and go, wow, you know, somebody gets me, right? Somebody who has, you know, no one to talk to or is having a rough day and they just listen to this and go, you know what, man, uh, it's going to get better. So, so that's you know ultimately, I mean that that's the kind of spirit that I want in my music, right? Uh, it's real, it's uh, uh, it's honest, and uh, it it tells a story. Yeah. And uh, and truly, that's really what it's all about because you know music is the international language. That's the only thing that I know that that could truly you know elicit different emotions. You know, from people uh, globally. You know, especially if you have a story, and people can tell by your music, by your lyrics, by the feeling that you put into your music that you know, you, you know, and, and and they resonate with that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, for example, like you know, sort of, um, not to sort of shamelessly plug my music, but <laughs> but there was, uh, you know. I mean, on the last record, there was a. I, I've always, for example, I've always been absolutely fascinated with uh, with the entire sort of Mississippi Delta blues culture and history and the, the nostalgia behind it. I mean, it's it's it, it's so beautiful, right? In uh, in the sense that it tells um, these deep, profound uh, human experiences. And so, so I wrote a song called "Drowning Man's Blues," and uh, and literally the entire song is just um, just a character sort of experiencing uh, uh, a little bit of an inner crisis, and all he wants to do is uh, travel through Mississippi and the Delta and play the blues. So. Um, so yeah, it's you know when it comes down to lyrics and stuff. I mean, to me uh, personally, I mean, it has it has to have a story and it has to have some sort of meaning behind it. Where um, 
the audience and you know, can, can really sort of uh, channel in and recognize that uh, you know music hasn't really lost its uh, its its emotive sense, right? I mean, it can still relate to uh, to people now, despite sort of like the entire commercialism of it. Uh, so that's that's what we try to do, man. We try to stay honest to, to our roots and. Uh, we try to stay honest to what we believe in, and uh, that's what we do, man. Okay, and that's how it goes. I'm, I'm looking at some of your stuff here, and it said, you know, you left you left music for a, a decade, and then you jumped back in. Yeah, I did, man. Uh, uh, you know. In, no, I was going to I was going to add a, a little bit to that. You know, I understand how you know this industry is and how taxing it can be. Uh, was any of that related to the business? Yeah, you know, I I, I did leave it because uh, like early two thousands, we sort of fall. You know, when I got my band together and stuff, um, we released a couple of demo records and stuff. Uh, but honestly, man, you know, I, I fell out of love with music back then. And it was really hard for me to to reconcile my philosophical sort of perception of music with what was happening with the music scene and what was happening with the guitar particularly, right? Where it was becoming this um, this utterly commercialized sort of instrument, right? And, uh, um, you know, it was just everybody's home as a piece of furniture and stuff. And I, I, I really didn't like that, right? Um, so so I really, I, I bailed on it. And um, for a decade or so, I just didn't really, you know, even play the guitar for years on end, right? Um, so uh, it was just a couple of years back. I mean, just a while back when, uh, when just by chance I picked it up and I was like, wow, man, um, and that sort of child inside me got like a second awakening, so to speak, right? And I was like, wow, you know, I, I want to get back into this. And, uh, and so one thing led to another. Uh, I started buying guitars, got into the whole sort of uh, addiction of, uh, you know, uh, you know, the one guitar after another. And once, you know, I figured, you know, I wasted enough of my money and my savings on buying guitars. Uh, hey, I might as well uh, do something productive with it, right? Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, you know, one thing I could have bought a nice car or something, but no, uh, you know, uh, you know, I pretty much ended up with a guitar collection, and uh, and it's awesome, you know. It's uh, hey man, we live once, right? And you know, uh, it's nothing. It's uh, it's just fulfilling fulfilling a childhood dream, so to speak, right? So, uh, so yeah. So once I got, like, you know, once I, you know, once my guitar collection was uh, nice and complete, uh, that's where I figured I'm like, all right, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's start putting some music together. So, um, so it was, you know, I sort of set up a mini studio, and uh, you know, I take these guitars on a, you know, on a test drive, so to speak, and. Uh, Ultimately, suddenly these ideas started coming out, and I started putting them on record. And 
I mean, I started recording the stuff, and suddenly one song comes out, another song comes out. I was like, all right, well, since they're coming now, might as well just throw them out for public uh, public release. And, um, you know, in literally in a span of, what, seven, eight months, I've had three, we've had three EPs out, and we're, you know, literally midway through a full-length album already. I mean, so paradoxically, 2020 has been a pretty good year for us, you know, uh, musically, though. Yeah. yeah, see, I was just sitting over here shaking my head. There's some people out here, boy, that can't buy talent. And, and and you got talent and got mad at it. Sorry? Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Uh yeah, you know, I mean, you know, uh, putting these records together, I mean, the, um, and I still remember back in, it was in December 2019, uh, uh, all it took was literally one recording, honestly. It took one recording, and I and I put this sort of instrumental track together called Leo's Guitar. And uh, Leo, in the sense, uh, Leo Fender, right, because I'm a huge, huge Fender uh fan and so sort of binding guitars and stuff you know meant so much that I was like alright so you know I'll just name my song Leo's Guitar and so I recorded this track and once I recorded it um, you know I sort of like plugged it around a few people and they're like yeah this is really good man why don't you sort of uh, keep recording and and I did and the next thing you know I have an EP out called Leo's Guitar um, you know got back into the music scene sort of got down to the, the, the business aspect of it because one of the, the, in, the really fascinating things was relearning um, and reintegrating myself into the music business because, man, it's changed so much. Uh, so so it, for me, it wasn't just about getting back into the instrument and, and writing music and creating this art. But it was also really eye-opening getting back into the music business, which is so different. It's so different uh, from what I was sort of traditionally accustomed to, right? And uh, so the entire experience has been holistically such such an eye-opening journey so far. And I think part of it, is that's what's thrilling. I feel like I'm just learning new stuff as I'm going. What, um, what part of the country? Of what, like. part of, yep. what part of the country are you in, Izzy? Oh, I, uh, I'm in. Uh, I'm really far off from you right now, man. Really far away from you. No, I was just asking because oh, I, be, I, I know. Other... Go ahead. No, no, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, you say you're in the other part of the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 on I'm on the other side of the planet from you right now, man. Uh but it's 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 a COVID uh it's a COVID world, right? Uh right. everyone's stuck where they are right now, so yeah. Oh no. I understand. Uh, I have some friends that's stuck in Europe right about now. 
But, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, you're saying that it's a different time in the music industry. Is any of that related to social networking? How how do you feel about the social networking in terms of, uh, you know, the bands? Do you feel like it's helping the artists, the bands, or do you think it's a downfall? Man, that's such a that's such a great question. That that's such a great question. I you know, um, I'm honestly struggling to find an answer to that because with the with the rise of technology and stuff, it's um, you know it's made the recording process much easier. But at the same time, right? I mean, like I'm a bit of an introvert, right? So. Uh, so I was I was never big into social media or uh, you know Facebook. So I don't even have a Facebook account, right? I mean, like a personal Facebook. We have one for the band now, but I wasn't really big into social media or anything. Um, but when I got back into music and stuff, um, my, sort of like the learning experience was all oriented towards social media, right? And it's like, all right, you know. Um, this is how you get fans on Instagram, this is how you get fans on YouTube, and this is how you get fans on uh, Spotify and stuff. Um, to me, I grew up with that sort of traditional narrative where you release an album, you go on tour, right, take a few months off, go back in the studio, release an album, go on tour, <clears throat> release an album. So, you know, and that cycle continues. Right, but, I understand. <laughs> you know, the decree... Yeah, you know, and, and the crazy thing though is, so, so, I, so I got into YouTube and stuff, and I was like, all right, I want to learn about the music industry now. And and I watched literally hours and hours of videos. But man, you know, the craziest thing was, all the videos were about um, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. That's all it was. The one thing that nobody was talking about was how to get fans or an audience for your live shows. And I was like, wow, what happened to the live show, right? And particularly, like, being in a rock band or a blues band and stuff. I mean, for us, the, the, the spirit of the entire process is recording, playing live, recording, playing live, right? And then the whole sort of system has shifted, right? It's, it's not about playing. I mean I, I mean, I could be wrong here, completely wrong, but the, the spirit of live show has sort of diminished a little bit. Um, well, that was, that was really a lot happening. That really had a lot to do, Izzy, with the digital age because I come from the same era as you do when we had to learn how to play instruments and do everything live. With the digital age, you know, um, people are doing more track dates. Um, they're not really hiring real musicians. You know what I mean? They're, they're doing a whole bunch of sampling. It's just a whole other element. It's just a whole other thing going out there. and It's kind of, you know, it's kind of frustrating. Even with technology in schools, they're they're raising a lot of up and coming producers and engineers that's technologically savvy, but they don't know how to play an instrument. You know what I mean? They don't know how to read a chart. 
So um, yeah, that's, it, yeah, it's it, it's crazy. But listen, Izzy, we need to play some music, man. <laughs> Everybody, uh, if you yeah, just joined yeah, the show, sure. yeah, if you just joined the show, we chopped it up with Izzy Caravan right here, and we're gonna play some music, and then we're gonna come back and chop it up some more. Um, what do you suggest we play, Izzy? Uh, Boneyard Blues, uh, South of Yesterday, um, or what's the other one? Killing Rita, Roadkill Rita. Oh, uh, we can go with uh, Boneyard Blues, I guess. That's a fun one. All right, all right, everybody. You know what we like to say on this end: let the windows down, turn the air conditioner up, put your ears on this. It's the Izzy Caravan, Boneyard Blues.
That's just us having a little bit of fun in the studio, man. Um, <laughs> we, we figured, uh, and and that was one of the songs we had uh, from back in the day, and we sort of decided to rework on it, and because way back, I mean, we didn't have the the tools and the money and the you know the the the, the gear to sort of record a lot of these songs the way we wanted to. So um so so we went back and dug deep into the catalog and we're like, all right, you know, let's let's pull some of these songs out and uh and let's redo them. Um so yeah that was that was one of the ones uh that we've had for for, for a long, long time. Um so we uh, uh Where's your, uh, how many, how many guys in your band, Izzy? Well, there's myself, uh, there's, uh, Sim on vocals and guitar, and there's, uh, Rock, um, on bass, and, uh, Robbie at the keys. So it's just uh, they're four of us, and I sort of double down on the drums and stuff as well. So, uh, so it's on that road. Okay. Yeah, we well, keeping it keeping it rocking. That's definitely uh, definitely definitely the way to go. Did you ever see that movie called The Dirt? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I saw Monty Crew a bunch of times as well. And. Uh, um, you know, the the eighties was definitely uh was an era that uh was unique in the the sort of hedonistic lifestyle and uh <laughs> the Roxy. You know, I remember the Roxy yeah. back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty wild man. It's uh you know, those guys really took things to a whole new level, eh? Uh but uh but yeah it's, it's you know it's 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 all it's so different now right it's uh it's a lot calmer it's a lot tamer now um, it is people it is. are yeah bands are a lot safer now it's uh it's a different world politically and socially right uh they're a lot more careful now it's very standardized um, so so sometimes we think we want to we don't for, from our perspective, we sometimes want to challenge some of these things, and uh, you know, in a positive way, not not to sort of offend anyone or right. anything like that. But sometimes we think, like you know, it's like let's let's sort of add like a little bit of 
danger to this stuff, right? And, uh, let's push the boundaries well, a little bit and see where. Yeah. Well, the, the, the '70s and the '80s was definitely uh, more fun in the rock in the rock field, and I think that's because uh, that was a time where where you were in the moment, and and it didn't seem so bizarre then because that's just how it was. But when you look back at it now in hindsight, you just say, "Man, that was some wild stuff that was going on." You know, I guess that's normal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, obviously, some of some some of the stuff those guys were, you know, uh, that this, those eras were into. Was obviously, like, I mean, it wasn't even about pushing the boundaries. I mean, they 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 sort of really uh, uh, took things to such a level that obviously wouldn't work nowadays. Uh, you know, in terms of. Uh, whether it's trash in hotels or you know the drugs and, <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it was all it was all <laughs> brand new. And, uh, <laughs> it was all brand new there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it's it's also saturated now, right? It's uh, the, you know, and that I guess that's you know that's one of the big challenges though now for us as well, which is you know when we're putting this stuff out. It's not just uh, just that you know we're putting the stuff out. It's also handling the the commercial aspect of it, right? Where how do we become? How do we sort of differentiate ourselves from you know sort of being like the the, the signal from all the noise around us, right? Um, it's like you know, and I, I sort of always draw this analogy now, where it's like. How do you find, you know, when these astrophysicists are looking for for an exoplanet somewhere, right? And they filter out all this data, and and they finally sort of lock in on on like, all right, we got an exoplanet, right? As challenging as that is, I mean, you know, it's like it's like being being a sort of blues rock band, right? You know, like a, a genre that's really sort of struggling anyway. And so how do we sort of appeal to the audience now and say, look, uh, you don't just have to rely on, you know, nostalgic acts, right? Uh, you, know, you don't have to just keep whipping out your Zeppelin records and, and uh, you know, sort of living in that moment. I mean, so, so it's been, re- it's, it's been, it's honestly, honestly it's, been, it's, been, it's been hard for us, man. Um, because even the rocks, the blues rock fans, are not sort of digging a lot of the new stuff, right? They're so, you know, including myself, man. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, right? Where we're so tied to the nostalgia of everything um, that all the new artists that are coming out playing absolutely amazing music, right? Uh, amazing blues artists out there, amazing rock artists out there. Um, they we have a hard time sort of breaking through because uh, we're so stuck in the past that, uh, you know, for good or for bad, I mean, you know, I, I still dig uh, out my old records. I mean, that's all I listen to as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's been, it's been, you know, that, that's been the little sort of rough ride of the journey so far. Well, I think a lot of problems with that is just two things. 
now one if you're not socially i mean if you don't have a really really strong team in terms of social networking to keep pounding the streets out there with your music uh and if you're doing it by yourself that's kind of problematic the other thing is the people that are in power or so-called in power that can really help your career go this way or that way these are people that don't really come from the music they come from people that was grandfathered into the company from some positions that like music, but they themselves has never played an instrument, never wrote a song, never sang a song, but they could say something about your music, and sometimes I find that kind of offensive. How are you going to tell me how to write a song, play a song, sing a song, or perform on stage if you yourself has never done it? But now we're kind of living in that time where you know, bands can't really go out and gig like they want to, play like they want to. And then a lot of these people in a position, they're looking at your, like I said, your social networking, your YouTube, your Spotify, your Instagram. They're looking at all your likes, all your fans to, to really qualify you. And to me, I think that's a disservice. Just my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, that's, that's such a great point that you raised. Um, it's yeah, it's it's kind of tragic where music is now reduced to corporate uh, suits, right? Where they pretty much run the show. I mean, uh, you know, and it's, it's it's you know, I sort of always go back to this. Like uh, uh, I guess that was this, like this really famous. And he's like, uh, well, I don't like this song, and I don't like the single, and I guess uh, Izzy, Izzy Stradlin just picks up his guitar and hands it to him, and he's like, well, why don't you play it? And tell us what <laughs> exactly. And, Show me how it goes. And he's like, ah. he's like, I don't know how to play it. He's like, there you go, right? <laughs> you know, uh, how, you know, who, who are you? you know? So, so yeah, that's such a that's such a great point that you raised, right? It's uh I mean it's sad that uh it's all boiled down to I mean the art aspect of it has 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 been diminished so much and it's all about uh <clears throat> you know corporate sort of uh how do we make money off this thing. I mean Spotify, right? I mean YouTube, um I mean, I was reading an article the other day, and it was so, it was absolutely mind-blowing where uh, it was, it it was literally like if you, as a musician, to reach minimum wage, now, I I, I can't verify how authentic these stats are, but from what I read, uh, you know, to make minimum wage on Spotify you have to have at least 25,000 plays a day. And on YouTube, wow. that's 60, it's 60,000 plays a day to make minimum wage as a musician. Now, again, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know how authentic these stats are, but, it, you know, it's still, it's still pretty mind-blowing stuff, right, where you're like, wow. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously music is an art and stuff, but, at the end of the day, musicians do have to eat, right? They've got to feed their families, man. So, uh, uh, so if the music is going to, if, if all the, the money is going to these corporate institutions, uh, 
you know, where do musicians stand now? You know, it's 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 a, it's a tough job, dude. Uh, but that's two. That's the two main questions I usually ask musicians. A lot of up and coming artists, uh, I ask them that question: Are you are you doing music because you just love music, or are you doing music because you want to eat as well? Because depending on whatever your mindset is, it's really going to dictate how you pursue it. You know, honestly, um, to me, you know. I I can't I I cannot reconcile the fact that you know I have like about you know twenty twenty five good years left right and on you know I I just ask myself a simple question right that on in my last moments can I look back and say I did it my way, right? I did what I wanted to do. Uh, did I leave enough of a story behind me that, you know, even a few people can look back and say, wow, man, like, this guy really sort of like, he really lived his life on his own terms and stuff. I, I couldn't live in that sort of regret, man. Uh, so at a, at a purely psychological level, it, you know, it, it meant doing this is not just about uh, money or it's not just about, it's, it's honestly a childhood dream, man. And, and you know, seeing, uh, I mean, not again, not to sort of like boast about it or flaunt it or anything, but you know, on the pole, like, uh, uh, the EP, I mean, it was just an EP, right, which we released, and it, it hit the, it reached the jam band uh, radio charts, and one of, you know, Drum Man's Blues reached number one on iTunes and stuff, um, but when it hit the, the jam band radio charts, seeing the band's name alongside um, Bob Dylan, Robert Cray, Willie Nelson, right? It's that absolutely profound sensation is so meaningful. It's so meaningful. It's like, wow. I, you know, yeah. I, I did it, right? Uh, you know, obviously I'm not saying I'm as, you know, as I'm at the level of Bob Dylan or anything, but just that fleeting moment, right? It's just seeing your name there next to these absolutely larger than life figures, right? It's just the greatest feeling on earth, and nobody can take that away from you. Uh, you know, and you know, you did it. That that's so unique to you. That I mean. I'm, you know, again, like I said, all my last moments, I'm going to look back and say, yes, I was on the same chart as Bob Dylan was, Where, you know, so, so it, it, it makes it worthwhile, man. Definitely. But I'd say don't ever leave your day job. Any musicians out there, <laughs> don't leave your day job, right? Stick to your day job, people. Seriously. Hey, Izzy, I quit every day, so <laughs> I understand. 
I quit every day. That's awesome, man. That's, is, that's really cool, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is what we got. They're like, what do I do? Yeah. Uh, how about south of yesterday? All right, sure, yeah. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Let the windows down. Turn the air conditioner up. Put your ears on this. Is it caravan? South of yesterday.
Wow, we back with Izzy Caravan in the building. That was uh, south of yesterday. Izzy, I'm looking at the clock, so we're going to run. go ahead and run uh, Roadkill Reader. We're going to go ahead and get that one in, all right? All right, sounds good, yeah. All right, let the windows down, y'all. Turn the air conditioning up. Put your ears on this. Mr. Izzy Caravan, coming back at you live.
guest today, Mr. Izzy Caravan. I like that guitar work. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. All right. That was awesome. Well, Izzy, listen, we're down to the last couple of minutes of the show, but I want you to tell our listeners, man, where they can support, where they can go get your music, where they can reach out for you at. Well, we've launched our 10 for 10 campaign, which is um, uh, which is uh, a new album. It's a full-length album. It's coming out in summer of 2021. But what we're doing is we're releasing a new song every month for the next 10 months off the album. So, uh, so we've released Roadkill Reader in September. We're about to release Stick It To Ya. Uh, in October, and then from there on, for the next uh, 10 months, uh, pretty much one new song every month. Uh, and then at the end of that, we release the full-length album in, in vinyl and CD and uh, pretty much everything. So, so yeah, that's, that's really sort of keeping us going through uh, through this pandemic and stuff. So uh, since we can't tour and stuff, so... Uh, so yeah, check us out at uh, com. That's com, And uh, we're giving these songs away for free. So uh, uh, so all you have to do is just register onto our website and uh, we'll send you uh, an MP3 with a personalized message, by the way, from the band. Uh, so, so yeah, that's it's really exciting, man. Uh, hopefully, it works out for us. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we definitely gonna keep playing your music, man. And uh, if you get ever get to the West Coast, man, come check us out. Let us know where you're playing, so we can definitely come out and support. So for those that join the show um, a little late, uh, you can hear the show in its entirety in about two minutes, and it's available on all the platforms. So you don't have no excuse not to hear the show, and if you still have problems, ask your daddy to ask your mama to ask the guy to live next door to work at the gas station, somebody that know where to get the show so you can go check it out. So you got no excuse, so you heard it from me. Izzy, I thank you much. Uh, keep doing what you do and Cheers, come man. back Thanks. and join us. Come back and join us anytime. Yeah, for sure, man. Sure, thank you so much for having me, man. It's, it's, it's you know, I, I even forgot this was this was, you know this was, I, I was like talking to a friend, man. So that's really awesome. To me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, sir, yeah. yes, sir, man. And I definitely appreciate you, man. And like I said, keep up the good work, man. You're doing the right thing. Cheers, dude. Thanks, man. All right, everybody. That was Mr. Izzy Caravan. So check it out. Uh, see you guys next week, same time. And like I said, you don't have no excuse not to hear the show. So put this one in your head on your way out, too, because we need to be like this.
Yeah. 